Hi, I'm Sean Williams. I co-founded Gideon Media, and I play Graham and Joshua in Give Me Away. Today, I wanted to introduce you to another of Team Give Me Away's favorite fiction podcasts, Badlands Cola. In a desert town full of strange fossils and even stranger people, a hard-hearted PI and a broken-down radio DJ try to dig up the skeletal past of a cult before it can come back. Created by Renee Taylor Clint and anchored by Liz Morey's gripping narration, Badlands Cola is a terrifying audio drama about eldritch horrors, hate flirting, and liminal nightmares that yawn wide in the night. You can find more info and content warnings at badlandscola.com, but in the meantime, please enjoy this episode of Badlands Cola. Badlands Cola is intended for a mature audience. Content warnings for each episode are available in the show notes and on our website, badlandscola.com. We recommend you check them out to ensure your listening experience is fun and safe. Thank you. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, what is this all about? What is it about, Jasper Moon? Well, you have been patient, haven't you? Years and years, toiling in the mud, just like me. Perhaps you've proven you're ready. And so, perhaps I'll tell you what it's about. It's about faith. Not in what's above. No, faith in what's below. What's under your own two feet. Right there. Right here. What's older than the pyramids? Calcified. Fossilized. Petrified. Not me, that's for sure. I'm just a shovel. Are you a shovel, too? If you are, you've got to dig. There's something in the mud. The irony isn't lost on me. That the world has chosen to descend upon us just as our work was coming to fruition. Just as the truth was showing, a glint beneath the dry, hot, cracking surface. That's just how these things play out, isn't it? <laughs> I'm not surprised, and I'm not unprepared. To my sister, I'm sorry, but it falls to you now. I have been the shovel that unearths the waiting remains of our ending. Now you must be the beacon that calls them from their sleep. You have your instructions, baby. I'll be listening. <laughs> oh, that is priceless. I'm going to pretend you're a lot more disturbed by that recording than you sound. We're still deciding whether or not to let the press have it. Well, good luck keeping it away from them, Detective. Your people found that on him at the arrest? Not on him. A stash in the back room behind the laundromat. On a tape. As in, like, VHS? 
Wait, wait, wait. Back rooms? Sonny, they had a whole rat's nest back there. We're still scraping the place down. It's grim. Let me guess. More fossils. That's what we expected. Your report said Jasper Moon's collection was his pride and joy. But the place was empty. Not a tibian sight. Oh. Well, it's not unusual for a cult to torch all their belongings if they think a bust is coming. Maybe. There's a big empty lot behind the strip mall. Looks like someone's been rooting around in there. I'll let you know how that search goes. Until then, the bone collection is MIA. Well, good thing you're not paying me to track down a mysteriously missing ossuary. Let's talk about what you are paying me for. You gonna tell me why you're playing me highly confidential cultist manifestos, then sending me out into the heart of Badlands country? On a Saturday? You're already en route. <laughs> Just about to pass Barville. What? Your email said ASAP, so I packed up my kit and headed out first thing. I might be a private investigator, but I take my job seriously. I didn't think you'd leave before I had a chance to brief you. You're not driving right now, are you? No, officer, I'm not. Pulled over at a rest stop the moment I saw another email with the subject line, Urgent Bone Cult Manifesto. So, why am I back on the moon case? You got your guy. Who exactly am I supposed to be tracking down? It's the bit at the end. About the sister. Nicholson, Jasper Moon doesn't have a sister. I know that, you know that. I tailed that zealot for months. If he had a sibling, even one outside the cult, I'd have found them. Your initial investigation didn't cover his hometown. You explicitly directed me to keep my investigation to your city limits. Look, I believe you, okay? We've got nothing about a sibling on our end either. But we've always been foggy on this guy's motives. And now, we have a loose end. And the department hates, hates loose ends. Yeah. You know, if you're a PI, you just work till the clock runs out and cash the check. Just when I convinced myself you people weren't completely morally bankrupt. Yeah, sounds like a you problem. Listen, chances are this is nothing. No sister, no passing of the torch. Just a master manipulator making up stories at the end of his rope. So you're sending me to tidy up the loose ends in the depressing desert town where our sweet little cult boy grew up into a big, scary cult man. To save costs on overtime, I imagine. Anything else I can get you? A motive would be nice. Oh, maybe if you ask me nicely. Look, I'll scope out the guy's hometown, find out if there's a sister, see where she falls on a scale of one to cult leader two reloaded. We'll go from there. Go easy on the reports. This trial is giving me enough paperwork as it is. Investigator. Yeah? We're pretty sure the cult ends with Moon. But we don't know for sure. Especially so soon after his arrest. And you're already spitting distance from Sparks. Oh my god, this again. Will you just tell me what happened already? Maybe I should be starting my investigation in Sparville. No. Barville incident was serious shit, Sonny. Four people lost their lives. Yeah, years ago. And, uh, they were in a cult? A creepy cult run by the love child of David Koresh and Dr. Hammond. As long as you uniforms insist on being so vaguely ominous about what happened in Sparville, I will do my best to be vaguely careful. Great. And while you're at it, quit checking your email on the highway, alright? I'll fire over anything the department thinks might be germane to your investigation. <laughs>
Oh, more fucked up VHS cult tapes, please. Enjoy your paperwork, detective. So, old Detective Nicholson is spooked. Part of me is proud of doing something that would make a cowboy hat-wearing big city cop think twice. The freaky stuff is part of why I went private, on top of the pay. The other part of me gets it. I mean, it's not often that a major city police department asks for a private investigator's help with a case, even less often a cold case. And the moon case was... rough. I thought it was over. Jasper Moon's behind bars, along with at least a dozen wide-eyed lackeys. Their awful little laundromat-turned-bone shrine has been scraped clean. And sure, some mid-tier evidence might be missing, and they're still hoping to dig up a motive, but for Detective Nicholson and the rest of his team, the horror story is over. If only it wasn't for that last little line in that inconvenient manifesto rant. Moon's final parting gift is an administrative nightmare, especially if the press gets wind of it. Loose ends. So that's why I'm headed down the highway, 90 kilometers an hour in a race against the setting sun, to a town famous for sitting on a gold mine of dinosaur bones and not much else. The sand-colored hoodoos are already looming on the horizon, and all I have is a potential last name for a sister who probably doesn't even exist. Here we go. Coverage is still crap, I see. That's the conventional wisdom when it comes to finding something, isn't it? But what if you're looking for something that doesn't want to be found? Rule number one of private investigation. First day is about sitting down, shutting up, and watching. I forged my master plan over the last stretch of highway, yellow strips of paint blurring by as I sharpen up my next steps. Step one, check into my motel. Step two, coast around town to get the lay of the land. Hopefully the place is as tiny and quaint as I remember. Step three, find a local watering hole, claim a corner, and absorb. Part of me seems to remember a retro 24-hour diner. Seems like the perfect place to stake out and see what we can see. If anyone's feathers are ruffled about Jasper Moon's recent arrest, I'll know about it soon enough. 
Before I cue up some more dulcet tones for your dusty Saturday, a quick news update for you. We've got three yard sales on the docket this weekend, and not to be outdone, Mr. Reyes asked me to tell you that his yard sale will have fresh baked cookies. We've been told, people. The Paleontology Center is, yep, you guessed it, still closed. As for the weather, it'll surprise exactly no one to hear that tomorrow's looking sunny, sunny, sunny. Anyone even remember what The danger of lying in wait is how easy it is to just slip out of things. One moment you're blending into the scenery, absorbing the world, and the next the world is absorbing you. Case details fuse together. The asphalt beneath your tires boils in the heat and your thoughts melt down with it. So when I see the shimmer on the horizon to my right, I almost dismiss it entirely. Heat haze. A mirage. Nothing. But the shimmer doesn't look like a mirage, and it doesn't go away. It's bright somehow, like a pure white shred of cloud or mist way down low on the ground. But my eyes can't focus on it, and it's way too dry for mist. Huh? What the... Whatever it is, it's not easier to see outside the truck. The sun is blinding, already burning my hands and face as I shield my eyes and squint into the distance. Sparville, I think. The nearest town is Sparville. The shimmer is still there, but somehow seems more solid. Like a pile of shimmering silver rocks or perfectly polished bones. But enough of the delightful, uplifting news. It's time for the dismal part of the segment. I know this is still pretty raw for folks, so let's make it quick. Sounds like initial reports we heard out of the city are indeed true. One, Jasper Moon has been arrested, and they're throwing the C-word around. The other C-word. Bolton says he was found in a gutted laundromat with several of his followers. Authorities are still sifting through the evidence. There's a rumor around town that some folks are thinking of leaving flowers at the Moon family house, but you know what I think about that. Sonny. Focus. The radio. The update on Jasper's arrest. The, the Moon family house. Private investigation rule number two. You get a lead, you follow it right there and then. As I pull away, I give myself one glance in the rear view. Just to check. But the shimmer is gone. Mirage after all. Usually, a summertime road trip around this part of Canada takes your breath away. The mountains, the green foothills, the rivers raging with the last dregs of glacial runoff. Then there are the Badlands, 
They'll take your breath away for sure, but it's less like a dream vacation and more like being abducted to Mars. It's brown and dry and rugged as hell, thanks to the hoodoos and mesas, wide alien towers of stone that seem to scrape up out of the desert all on their own. The rock's soft here, so the wind and rain carve the landscape up into mazes of salt, silt, and shale, which makes it that much easier to dig up all the bones. Over 50 fossilized species of ancient life discovered from 500-plus unearthed specimens. It's not just a scientific gold mine, it's a tourism fever dream. You know you're finally in the Badlands proper when the billboards start to look like brontosaurus silhouettes and the benches turn into little triceratops and stegosaurs. It'd be cute if it wasn't all rotting into the dirt. The sand, the sun, the heat. Nothing lasts long out here. Welcome to the paleontological wonder of the Northern Hemisphere, which amounts to one aging desert town and the childhood home of Jasper Moon, cultist extraordinaire. Guess I'm digging around for something, too. Hi. Hi there. Yeah, um, I'm so sorry, but I was hoping to leave some nice flowers for the Moon family. Such a shame about the, uh, um... Do you know where I can find them? The Moon family? Yes, um, for the parents. Heard the terrible news about their son, thought it might be nice to let them know they're not alone. Oh, sweetheart, the parents are long gone. There, there's no one there. Oh, um, ha, of course. Maybe I could still leave them anyways, as a nice communal gesture. Huh, well, uh, I guess you could. Uh, the old Moon house is in Creek Home by the river. What do you mean? Uh, yeah, you just drive until you see the big dinosaur, then you hang a right. At first I'm just confused, but then I realize. The lime green shape of a Tyrannosaurus Rex suddenly rears up on the horizon, almost gold in the burnt glow of sunset. A sign declares her as the world's largest dinosaur at 90 feet tall. For $5, you can take a trip up to her toothy cavern of a mouth and stare out at the long stretches of rocky nothing. What I don't remember is how weirdly intimidating it is to be in her massive, hot shadow. Traffic slows a bit at the dinosaur's intersection. Closest thing to a traffic jam this place sees, I'm sure. And I take my slow turn to the right into the Riverbank neighborhood. Creek View, Creek Home... Creekum. The houses are pretty here. Compact little units of manicured 70s suburbia with screen doors open to the heat and lawns that seem significantly less parched than the rest of town. I pass an empty lot with a for sale sign and even that has nicely cut grass. The sidewalks wind along with the nearby river, easy as can be. Hi, you want a lemonade? Oh, um, no, thank you. Thanks, though. It's not a big neighborhood, but it doesn't take long for the cognitive dissonance to hit hard. This is the neighborhood that birthed the monster. And that grim truth is followed by another. Not a single house seems abandoned or even in disrepair. There are a couple of women who look the right age to be the fabled moon sister, but even from my drive-by I can see there's zero family resemblance. And if they're stricken by the news of their recently arrested brother, they're doing a great job of hiding it behind their sun hats and homemade margaritas. 
it starts to dawn on me just how much of a needle in a haystack the detective has sent me after. I loop around the neighborhood twice, coasting through every cul-de-sac and alleyway until I start to get the stairs, and still, nothing that looks even close to Jasper Moon, his mystery sister, or the family house they supposedly grew up in. The lemonade kids don't call out to me the second time or the third. I can barely see them in the dim light of dusk. When I first started out, more than ten years ago now, I had to learn to fight that sinking feeling in the pit of my stomach whenever a lead started to go cold. Now I know that usually means I'm about to stumble onto something really juicy. And sure enough, here's Detective Nicholson in my inbox another wild email. Search uncovered another tape. Secure download link below. Might be helpful. Watch only in secure location. Glad you're not squeamish. Well, Detective, I hope the third-rate motel where my booked counts as a secure location. Uh, hi there. Is this the Comfortina Motel? Your sign's almost out. Ah, oh, shoot. Can't seem to keep the stupid thing fixed. We always just tell folks to take a right at the pterodactyl statue. The one with the blue hat. Yeah, I'll, uh, have to remember that. You got a room booked? Oh, yeah, under Nicholson. I called earlier today. Ah, yeah, I remember you. Gotcha right here for seven nights. Here's your keycard, room eight, at the far end near the ice machine. The door can be a little sticky, so don't be afraid to give her. I will also keep that in mind. Thanks. There's something about motels. Like, reality is just sort of... detached. Might just be because I'm running out of energy in a strange town, but the Comfortina hits me hard like that. The worn-out astroturf in the lobby, the long, empty stretches of nighttime air between the door to each room, the permaglow from the Comfortina's dying neon sign, The lettering's all dark, leaving only a pink, buzzing moon. Ironic. (laughs) Oh, come on. This is room eight, right? Wait, this place has two roommates. Could've warned me about that, bud. Uh, sorry. I think we somehow have the same room number. I think maybe I'm right beside you, or... Yeah, totally my bad, I'm sorry. (sighs) Shit, okay, 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 I'm going. Dude, you better not be banging on the walls like that. Guess I'm room number 8B. Uh, Ah, thank you. Well, at least it's quiet in here, and my end-of-day routine can start in peace. Close the... Ungodly stiff curtains, set the red blinking alarm clock for an early wake-up, get the shower running hot, check my phone to make sure Nicholson's creepy new video is downloading, and... What? Nine missed calls. When did... You have two new messages. First message. Hello. This is Detective Nicholson with a message for Sonny. Call me back when you get this, please. Same number as usual. Message erased. Next message. Hey... 
trying to get a hold of you all evening, but you must be out of cell range. Call me as soon as you get this. We've got an urgent update regarding your current case. My extensions zero five. End of messages. To erase this message, press seven. Oh crap! What time is it? Detective Nicholson, Calgary Police Department. Hey, hey, it's Sunny. Sorry about missing all your calls. I didn't even hear it ring. Is this about the video? No, Sunny. Can anyone overhear your conversation right now? No, I'm alone in my motel room. What's going on? Jasper Moon is missing. Badlands Cola is written, directed, and produced by Renee Taylor Clint. This episode was sound designed and mixed by Russ Moore and featured the voice talents of Ron Guan, Liz Morey, David J. Dixon, Brigham Snow, Ray O'Hare, Sarah Rowland, and Jason LaRock. Special thanks to our artist representative, Giancarlo Herrera. Visit BadlandsCola.com and follow Badlands Cola on Twitter for show notes, announcements, behind-the-scenes content, and more. Good night. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Sine. That's a geometric waveform or arc that rises and falls. And a new Canadian TTRPG and podcast inspired by that almost soothing mathematical motion. Let me show you. The action begins to rise as powerful strangers in a ruined yet vibrant world band together. If you run north, they will chase you. I suggest you stand behind me. Partner, I'd rather stand beside you if you're willing to help. Tension continues to mount higher as our characters must push themselves beyond their usual limits. As I'm climbing into the into the driver's seat, I'm going to say to Sarah, sometimes you got to make tough decisions. I'm driving now. And it peaks as a danger and excitement hits its zenith, leading to great failure or success. Fenriel would be just fire at this point. She straight up might die. Like, this encounter might murder you. You know what? You lit me on fire. We're going to be on fire, baby. And this tension relaxes. The tragedy, but more often humor, that comes with great pals being around a virtual table playing a game. Discover Sign on your favorite podcast player. S-I-N-E. Choices of the characters are theirs to make, but the fate of the world is up to the dice.